Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 8th of August and on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1838 and we travel to Denmark where the father of Soren Kierkegaard died today, aged 82. Kierkegaard wrote in his diary, My father died on Wednesday, the 8th at 2am. I so deeply desired that he might have lived a few years more. Right now I feel there is only one whom I can talk, really talk about him. He was a faithful friend. Kierkegaard is now seen by many as the founder of existentialism and was massively influential on Protestant theology of the 20th century. He attacked the literary, philosophical and ecclesiastical establishments of his day for misrepresenting the highest task of human existence, namely becoming oneself in an ethical and religious sense. While as a student at university, Kierkegaard explored the literary figures of Don Juan, the Wandering Jew, and especially Faust, looking for existential models for his own life. See the podcast of January the 19th for more about Faust. He had been estranged from his father and from the faith, the Lutheran faith, in which he had been brought up, and he had moved out of the family home. But by 1838, just before his father's death, he was reconciled both to his father and to the Christian faith. And the latter became the idea for which he would live and die. His father, Michael Pedersen Kierkegaard, had grown up poor in the countryside and moved to Copenhagen to become a merchant and ended up as one of the city's richest men. Michael Pedersen raised his seven children, of whom Soren was the youngest, under strict religious discipline, instilling a sense of fear and guilt that never left them. Oh, how frightful it is, when for a moment I think of the dark background of my life, right from the earliest days, Kierkegaard recalled. The anxiety with which my father filled my soul, his own frightful melancholy. And this rigorously introspective Protestantism would drive his philosophical investigations. He attended the University of Copenhagen to prepare for Lutheran ministry, but it took him 10 years to earn his degree and he was never ordained. He also became engaged to Regina Olsen, but suffering from the crippling feelings of despair and guilt that he inherited from his strict upbringing, he broke off the engagement, although he admitted he was still deeply in love with her. His sudden conviction was that he was incapable of marriage and would only make her miserable and he would never be able to communicate to Regina. Perhaps this is not a surprise as Martin Luther himself had a profoundly pessimistic view of humanity. In one of the first psychobiographies of a famous historical figure, Young Man Luther, a study of psychoanalysis and history by the psychologist Eric Erickson, published in 1958, 100 years after Kierkegaard's death. Erickson found 
in Martin Luther a good model for his idea around the identity crisis. And it seemed that brought up in that culture, Kierkegaard's crisis led to some profound philosophical writings too. According to Erickson, Luther suffered through an environment that fomented crisis and succeeded eventually in a healthy resolution. And in the end, he chose the obedient provincial leadership path his father had wished for him. But only after Luther had disobeyed and suffered many years in an identity crisis. Sadly, it seems that Kierkegaard jettisoned his soulmate during his crisis. And he wrote in his diary, I was a thousand years too old for her. Years later, he compared that painful decision with Abraham's willingness to sacrifice Isaac. And some of his books were written because of her. He proceeded to lock himself up in his apartment, where a kind of graphomania compelled him to stay up all night writing at a frantic pace. And his activity was so relentless that in a few short years he had accumulated many volumes worth of manuscripts. These he began to publish as philosophical works, now considered classics, such as Fear and Trembling in 1843 and The Concept of Dread in 1844. A historian of philosophy would notice that he was reacting to Hegel, the great philosopher of history and idealism, who was the dominant thinking, thinker of his time. Acknowledging Hegel's attempt to systematise all of reality, Kierkegaard felt it left out the most important element of human experience, existence itself. No philosophical system could explain the human condition. The experience of reality, the loss of a loved one, the feelings of guilt and dread, was what mattered, not the idea of it. And the only way to live in this painful existence is through faith. But to Kierkegaard, faith was not a mental conviction about doctrine, nor positive religious feelings. His father had ensured that they were not there. But a passionate commitment to God in the face of uncertainty. Faith is a risk. The leap of faith. An adventure that requires denial of oneself. He had denied settling down with his love, Regina. To choose faith is what brings authentic human existence. And this would become existentialism, that Kierkegaard is considered to be the founder of, though later existentialists went in a very different direction to his thought. He saw becoming a Christian as the task of a lifetime. And in the last year of his life he wrote, I dare not call myself a Christian. However, throughout his career it was Christianity that he sought to defend by rescuing it from cultural captivity. His later publications such as The Works of Love in 1847 or Christian Discourses in 1848 and Training in Christianity in 1850 when he tried to clarify the true nature of Christianity. The greatest enemy of Christianity, he argued, was Christendom, the cultured and respectable Christianity of his day. 
The tragedy of easy Christianity is that existence has ceased to be an adventure and a constant risk in the presence of God. But really it has become a form of morality in the doctrinal system. The purpose of this moral code and the system is to simplify the act of becoming a Christian. Kierkegaard felt that was no different to paganism, a cheap Christianity with neither cost nor pain. This would be influential on the thoughts of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. See the podcasts of April 8th and July the 27th. It is like war games, Kierkegaard said, in which armies move and there's a great deal of noise, but there's no real risk of pain and no real victory. Kierkegaard believed the church of his day was merely playing at Christianity. He believed that only by making things difficult, by helping people become aware of the pain, guilt and the feelings of dread that accompany even the life of faith, could he help Christians hear God again. Affliction is able to drown out every earthly voice, but the voice of eternity within a man it cannot drown. When by the aid of affliction all irrelevant voices are brought to silence, it can be heard, this voice within. At times he almost had a mystical faith, and his pen could compose some beautiful prayers like this. Teach me, O God, not to torture myself, not to make a martyr out of myself through stifling reflection, but rather teach me to breathe deeply in faith. And also this. Father in heaven, when the thought of thee wakes in our hearts, let it not waken like a frightened bird that flies about in dismay, but like a child waking from its sleep with a heavenly smile. His legacy is impressive. With many 20th century philosophers, both theistic and atheistic, inspired by him, the notions of angst, despair, and the importance of the individual gave rise to the existentialist movement. The great Ludwig Wittgenstein was immensely influenced and humbled by Kierkegaard, claiming that Kierkegaard is far too deep for me anyhow. He bewilders me without working the good effects which he would in deeper souls. And the great philosopher of science, Karl Popper, referred to Kierkegaard as the great reformer of Christian ethics, who exposed the official Christian morality of his day as anti-Christian and anti-humanitarian hypocrisy. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can, as we look at St. Herman, the wonder worker of all America. For this year's archive of podcasts, visit www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to give any feedback, you can email us on pogpod at gmail.com. If you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. And thanks very much to Alexander Nakarada for the music today. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.